power on. Earth, 2018. The alliance between governments and tech giants has led to the rise of the surveillance society, distraction technology, the attention wars, and the erosion of your mind. But one show stands against this insidious system. Hosted by the podcast champion, the man of tomorrow, the golden stallion of the tech world, Brian Sovereign. He and his co-hosts form the intellectual resistance. It's time for Sovereign Tech. I know, I know. Look, I'm sorry. I have to open up with an apology. I am so sorry, okay, that your wife or your girlfriend, significant other, is coming up to you and saying, baby, why can't you just be more like the Golden Stallion? <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? Look, I'm just doing my show, okay? I'm just doing my show. I'm just doing my job, God damn it. <laughs> the repercussions of that... <laughs> What am I? So how can I control this? I don't know. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> and don't get jealous. <laughs> it is the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R, radio star, the thriller that is Savzilla, baby, ready for, wow, this is going to be a little bit of a surprise for some, but some people, but maybe not for all of you, because I announced it last week that starting as of this week, Sovereign Tech is moving back. Now I say moving back to a one hour format. And this is the very first episode that is going to take advantage of that one hour format where we're just going to get right into things. Okay. You know, no bullshit. And we're just going to get right into talking about the stories of the week. We're going to get into hack sec. We're going to get, we still got your online review of the week. I know everybody's been loving those over the past month. Uh, that's going to keep on going and we're going to get into the climax. We got all kinds of stuff to talk about. And honestly, we got some sexy to get into uh, a little later on it's going to be pretty interesting <laughs> so why waste time baby it is your one hour this is a, I don't know, what, what did rush limbaugh you say remember that ass hat what, what do you say something like the fastest hour in television or not in television on radio on whatever the fuck he used to say anyway we are going to blaze through this stuff because we have so much to get into well ho- hold on someone just came in the studio they did what no no, no, I'm not going to go out then. Tell, <laughs> what the hell? I just got done saying that I'm not. No, my heart's already well taken. Sorry. <laughs> go. 
the fuck? <laughs> Look, this is a tech show. <laughs> well, kinda. Uh, anyway, ooh, lots of lots of tech to get into in this episode, and uh, we're getting into some philosophical stuff too a little later on, which we love to to dalliance in the ethics. Maybe do a little more than dalliance in them, and maybe we'll concentrate on that a little bit going forward. But anyway, regardless, uh, let's start breaking into this stuff. You know, kind of the some of the biggest news, and you know, let's be clear here: this is big news in the tech world. You might think, yeah, but what does this only has two percent as far as market share how could that be big news uh you know let's be clear here the most important piece of software whether i like it or not and maybe i don't but the most important piece of software out there that anybody uses right now is certainly the web browser right i mean that's where really security should be paramount that's where standards should be getting followed blah 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 or getting developed becoming standards etc uh you know all of that it's certainly a huge deal so even when something like and you know save your collective laughter even when something like edge like microsoft edge uh decides to change things up a bit we should still pay attention to that because, again, there aren't that many web browsers out there. I mean, well, you know, there's links. <laughs> there aren't that many web browsers out there. And actually getting 2% market share, I know a lot of web browsers that, even though there aren't that many out there, I know a lot of them that would love to have that kind of market share as far as uh, as far as far usage goes. But anyway, some interesting news. Certainly, I mean, this is pretty, I really think this is actually huge news. And we talked about this a little bit on uh on actually on a Patreon episode on the Wednesday Q&A when it was first uh, when it was just being theorized but then it ended up getting confirmed by Microsoft itself that they are going to shift Microsoft Edge to using the Blink engine, you know, to being Chromium based. Okay. Chromium, of course, is the open source project that Google Chrome is based upon. Now, let's be clear here. 95% of Google Chrome is Chromium. All right. But there is that 5% that is you know, proprietary, that is not open source within Google Chrome. That's not completely open source. Uh, Edge will probably end up being a very similar situation where a good chunk of it is based on Chromium, but then the actual user interface, which will still exist, it's not like, you know, Microsoft's not giving up and saying, okay, here, everything can go to Google Chrome. Microsoft Edge is still going to exist. In fact, with it using Chromium now, they are going to port it. and, And this is the part that might be the strangest. Now, it's not so strange that because of this, they're planning on releasing Microsoft Edge for macOS. That's not so weird, right? I mean, Edge already exists on iOS and it exists on uh, Android, which granted on both of those, it's using Chromium of all things. okay, or the Blink engine, depending on, you know, I mean, these terms aren't exactly interchangeable, but you get my point. And, you know, I mean, so, so, you know, that alone makes it not so weird. But here's where it does get weird. Is they're going to release Edge for Windows 7 and Windows 8.1? I mean, that's the part that kind of blows my mind. Like, it seemed like Microsoft was whole hog. No, everybody's got to get over to Windows 10. We're going to give it to you for, for free. Like, everybody upgrade to Windows 10. Get the fuck off of Windows 7. We're tired of supporting it. Now, it's one thing to, like, continue to release security patches for Windows 7 and Windows 8.1 or something. It's a whole other fucking thing to backport your you know state of quote unquote state of the art web browser to go back to those i'm i'm baffled okay i I mean i'm really really baffled now i think most people wonder wait a minute why the fuck is microsoft even bothering making a web browser today when google chrome is you know seems to be very clearly dominant it's between chrome and firefox and blah 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 like why are they even bothering look it you can't if you are a tech giant you pretty much you can't give up 
on the web browser. The web browser, like we were saying at the beginning, at the opening of the episode, it is the most important piece of software out there. It's more important than the operating system, obviously. Okay, I mean, <laughs> like, like just unquestionably. The only reason people, I think, half half of people are willing to go on to Linux, I wish they all would, but the more, or Linux or BSD or whatever, okay, the reason half the people are willing to even do that is because you can run either Chrome, you know, Google Chrome or, or Firefox on there. Now, Microsoft's not talking about porting it to Linux. Boy, hell, that would have been interesting. And it's not like they couldn't. I mean, Opera works, works in Linux, and that's not 100% open source, uh, you know, and that uses the Blink engine as well. You know, it's Chromium-based. It has been for, for some years now. But really, I mean, this is the same thing. Like, why doesn't Apple stop making Safari? How many people even use Safari, even though I think Safari is a damned fine web browser? Uh, well, I, I mean, you, you just, again, as a tech giant, you can't give that up. You have to make that available. You've got to have that for people there by default, or you're just going to lose it. Because, again, most people don't even care about the operating system anymore. They really don't. Um, so this move on Microsoft's part. I mean, it's kind of shocking, and I don't know if it's going to be implemented by, what is it, 19H1 or 19H1 is the next version of Windows 10 that'll be coming out in the spring, or maybe <laughs> will come out in the spring, <laughs> if you remember what happened with the April 2018 update, uh, that'll come out in the spring of, uh, you know, 2019, we'll, we'll see. You know what, if, if it ends up getting implemented for that. Um, but I mean, I think that there, there could be a lot of advantages to this. For one, I mean, still, like, there could be good arguments for using this, even though it's Chromium, like, well, it's not taking advantage of Edge HTML, which is the original rendering engine that Edge had, which is kind of a, a sequel to, uh, uh, what was it? Trident, right? Was the one for, uh, for, for Internet Explorer. This, you know, like you're still going to have the ability where Microsoft has been able to sandbox Edge. That's still going to be like an interesting, you know, security component. And granted, Google Chrome is kind of sandboxed as well, but it's more than it's sandboxed with Microsoft Edge. Microsoft Edge in Windows 10 can actually run as a virtual machine, as a VM. So, yeah, I mean, overall, this is just going to be a better thing. How many people are even really using Edge anyway? Uh, I do understand, like, I know that the, the head of uh, Mozilla has come out and said, oh, this is terrible, you know, that, that Microsoft is doing this because now we're getting a monoculture of, you know, of, of really web standards and all this. And look, I, I am totally, totally behind that. I totally get that. Okay, you know, that that whole argument. And you really do want diversity because that's where things will kind of come out of nowhere. Like great ideas will come up because you're approaching it from a completely different perspective, right? Like if you're developing Edge HTML and you're not using Blink or Chromium, you can, you know, you're going to come up with something that might be really, really ingenious out of nowhere. Like that, that's the beauty of diversity, right? Uh, and I understand that. But then at the same time, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess Mozilla's complaint more is that they're running with Chromium, which... It's a problem when you go to like a W3C meeting, right? You know, which is the web browser standings, uh, standards body or one of the standards bodies out there about open source. It is a problem at those meetings that Google, because they are the main contributor to Chromium code and so many web browsers are now based on Chromium, like Opera and at now Edge, you know, and Google Chrome and, and so on, that they have like a, a real, they have veto power at these meetings, you know, for web standards, because they are the main people behind the main rendering engine in the world. Uh, I mean, that that's more of a concern. But like Mozilla, come on. Last year, you dumped Gecko, you know, and now you're using well, Quantum or whatever. Uh, 
I mean, so so, so they wanted to change it up. Uh, you knew you had to change it up, too. I mean, it, it, they're acting within their self-interest. I'm not defending Microsoft at all. Just listen to last week's episode if you want to see how much I don't fucking defend Microsoft. OK, but I, I get what they're what they're going with here. They're, they're just they're like, well, this is what we need to do, you know, and really, this is the same thing Apple was doing for a long time. I mean, because before Google switched to Blink, which is just a fork of WebKit. You know, they were developing WebKit for Chromium, and that's what Safari uses was WebKit. So, you know, you'd have to yell kind of retroactively at Apple, right, for basing everything off of the same thing that Google was doing at the, at the time. But but you don't. So I'm just saying that this makes sense. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, you know, I, I mean, to be pragmatic about it, like to get away from Google, but still use, I mean, because Chrome is so dominant, because Chromium is so dominant as far as with developers, to be able to use a web browser that doesn't engage in all the privacy encroaching bullshit that Google Chrome is particularly egregious for, I'm not saying Microsoft is any better, but to be able to use that, you know, that, that rendering engine without having to use Google Chrome is a fine and dandy thing. Okay, and I mean, that's why I've recommended even using Opera. We might end up talking about that later during HackSec and so on, even though I know it's not open source. And of course, I recommend open source first and foremost. Okay, Um, things are I kind of feel like things are looking a little ugly for Firefox, I have to admit. Um, I'm a little concerned and like there was a lot of initial like uptick when quantum came out, but then maybe the standards, you know, just aren't all coming together quick enough for people. And they're finding that this web page act acts fluky and so on. And we might end up really with a monoculture where it, everything is uh, chromium based. And I, I, I mean, I don't think Firefox is going to go anywhere because they do so many other things, but uh, I mean, you know, let's be clear here, like on, so, well, okay, right. So on iOS, they don't actually use Chromium. You, you have to use WebKit, but it's kind of a base of that, right? So, you know, already on iOS, which is one of the most popular platforms in the world, if you want to use Firefox, Firefox is not using the quantum engine, right? Or, you know, rendering, rendering engine. So, you know, they're already kind of conceding, just like Microsoft is already conceding on mobile platforms that, okay, we're not going to port Edge HTML to these, you know? So, yeah, I mean, this is something that can happen. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I mean, I'll tell you, if you're worried about this, like it, it, it kind of feels the argument I don't think is striking at the root. If you're concerned about, <laughs> you know, about a web browser, you know, and about a monoculture with web browsing, I think you're missing the point that there might be a real concern with web browsing in and of itself, like that the fact that your computer is so reliant upon that one piece of software. That should be far more concerning than actually what is the web browser itself doing, you know, or what is what's what's happening under the hood on the web browser. But they're completely missing that point. Um, something else that's going on. I mean, also, this has led to where and this is kind of interesting that Microsoft has come out and confirmed that they do want all Google, you know, like all extensions that are designed to work with Google Chrome, they would like that to be able to work with Microsoft Edge. Now, some people are saying, well, that's not going to happen because if Microsoft want now, there's hearsay, okay, that Microsoft is wanting people to publish their like they don't they won't because Edge will become Chromium based. Nobody has to really like change their code base at all to put it into the Microsoft store, but they're going to have to put it into the Microsoft store for it to be able to get installed on on Microsoft Edge, on the Chromium-based Microsoft Edge. Uh, I think that would be a mistake, and I think the better route to go would be for, just like with Opera, with Opera, you, there's an extension that you can put in from the Opera add-on uh, uh, store, effectively, that will let you just install anything 
from uh, or just about anything from the the Chrome Web Store. That's really the route you're going to want to go. I could understand where Microsoft might not want to do that because of security purposes. Because again, if they want to run Edge still, even though it's Chromium based, in a virtual machine, okay, and uh, also you know to have that sandbox feature, yeah, it might have to go through the portal of the Microsoft Web Store. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, if anything, like have a team at Microsoft just say to the developers of all these different you know apps here we'll port it for you i mean if you want to get any kind of meaningful usage for microsoft edge that's pretty much what they're going to have to do uh so we'll we'll see what what this does for anything you know um I think if it if it's still because people, even if they use Microsoft Edge, they're still going to log into their Google account. If you made it to where they could just get it through the Chrome Web Store, I'm not saying that that's how I want things to be. I'm just saying that if Microsoft wanted to actually get market share greater than 2% in the web browser game, that's really what they, they need to do. Uh, of course, the other part of this is that probably, I mean, a lot of this has to do with, you know, ARM-based uh, Windows PCs. I mean, that's certainly a big part of this, but that's a conversation we've already talked about, and I think that that's a category in computing that is, that still is still going to become a very big thing and it's just the very early goings with that and microsoft i think this move is really all about that you know in windows 10s and having that security and honestly taking on chromebooks so but let's move on to another story for our, our stories of the week here kind of a fitting conversation <laughs> while you're web browsing well what do you do with a web browser you go and watch porn <laughs> All right, first off, if you're going to do that, you better activate a fucking VPN. You hear me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but regardless of that, uh, this is actually, this came in from a Sovereign Tech uh, patron, of all things. And if you want to become a Sovereign Tech patron, of course, go to SovereignTech.com, get your hookup, get access to thousands of hours of exclusive content that's on there, including uh, extra whole podcast series like user podcasts and game talk and so on, all kinds of great shit to get there. Anyway, this is from BuzzFeed News, Starbucks, and, and this is from November 29th, so just a few days ago, 2018 Starbucks will ban porn on its free Wi-Fi in all U.S. stores next year. Let's read the story. Starbucks will block customers in all U.S. stores from using its free Wi-Fi to watch porn next year. The news was first reported by Business Insider. Watching porn in Starbucks was always banned, but the company did not actively block pornographic content on its in-store Wi-Fi. In a statement on Wednesday, Starbucks said, quote, while it rarely occurs, the use of Starbucks public Wi-Fi to view illegal or egregious content is not, nor has it ever been, permitted. We have identified a solution to prevent this content from being viewed within our stores, and we will begin introducing it to our U.S. locations in 2019, end quote. There are no further details about the solution uh, as yet, but Starbucks told Business Insider that the company tested multiple tools to prevent accidentally blocking inoffensive websites. If you were wondering who watches porn at a coffee shop, you aren't alone. <laughs> Starbucks is, yeah, and they, there's a couple tweets in there. And All right, look, I mean, I could stop there. And exactly, like, who... <laughs> I, I've, and, you know, and I've gone in many a Starbucks. Okay. Like I really have. Who the hell is like, you know, <laughs> I've never seen anybody like jerking off in a Starbucks. Who the fuck is doing this? You know, I'm not against porn. I think porn is a, or not all porn, but a good chunk of porn can be a fine and wonderful thing. And whatever you're into, you know, you're into, we're all freaks here. Okay. We can, we can wave our flags, but I don't know many people that wave their flag in Starbucks. 
You know, I mean, you're just looking wall to wall at Apple computers when you walk into one of those damn things. And I have it under good authority that uh, Apple users do not engage in sexual acts, uh, nor do they uh, even have sex, even though, you know, some hacks on iCloud would say differently. Um, and that, you know, but I mean, like, look, you look in the in, in the app store on iOS, there's there's no porn apps there. There's nothing remotely like that. Even if you showed a nipple on an icon or something, I mean, they delete it. Uh, so I, I was I was under the impression that, you know, like no apple computers themselves were were porn free i i'm stunned by this by this news <laughs> i'm being facetious a bit here but regardless yeah who the hell is watching porn at starbucks i mean starbucks can do this fine and it's easy enough to get around like i said probably running i mean i don't know what their solutions are that they're going with uh running a vpn or even going through tor or something like that i mean there's there's easy ways to get around this on their wi-fi networks okay but why, why would you <laughs> I mean, I get it that this is news, but it's just, you know, you know what this feels like? Let me tell you what this feels like, what this is really about, because I don't seriously, I don't think anybody's doing this. Okay, now, well, all right, hold on. So I know that on this show, there have been times where there has been some very uncensored content that has disturbed many a people, even though my my affiliates never dropped me once for it, even though they'd email them or call them. Uh, But. You know, I know there's been some moaning and some sexy and some lewd acts, perhaps that have, that 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 at least were acted, uh, you know, as in acting or whatever, you know, on on the show. And maybe somebody had Sovereign Tech playing out out loud. I know that's happened in coffee shops, and somebody might have heard some moaning or something. But it's not exactly porn. But regardless, I mean, I guess that kind of stuff has occurred. I can't imagine who the hell would actually do this again. But. What I think could be happening here is this is really just about this is marketing. Really, I think this is Starbucks appealing to certain crowds saying we're taking a stand against porn. We are taking a stand against the the, uh, you know, bad treatment of women. We are doing this. And hey, I am not saying I've been on porn sets. I know how badly women do get treated on those. I'm not arguing against that. But I think that's really what this is. I don't think that this was actually a problem. Okay. I mean, you know, it'd be great. Hey, look, I am all about a world where people are completely open about sexuality and, you know, whatever, help people could walk around nude and all that. I mean, you know, in my perfect world, that that would kind of be order of the day. And, and you know, a lot of what you see in porn would probably pretty light shit. I don't know. But, <laughs> but my point being is that in this world, I still don't think this is happening i don't think this is remotely happening and again it really just does come down to marketing this is them it looks good it looks like they're taking some kind of stance maybe it makes their employees feel better or something like that even though i know some starbucks employees and you want to talk about freaks and i say that with you know i say not that's not a pejorative that's a compliment okay (laughs) i know some of them i mean they are freaks (laughs) i can a little hot around the collar (laughs) but yeah, I, I just I, I can't see it. That's really what this is about. This is not actually a problem, though. You can email me. Tell you what, you email me and you tell me where you walked into a Starbucks and holy shit, you saw somebody was on RedTube or Pornhub or something like that. And I don't know, they were watching Joanna Angel picking a lemon or something. I mean, you, you, go ahead. You, you tell me that whole deal. All right. <laughs> and I'll read it on the show. OK, <laughs> so anyway, woo, we'll be right back with some more Sovereign Tech. Yeah, don't always first thing you know whenever you you see a story where you just go well that doesn't make any sense the first thing i want you to think is how could this be used to market whoever this is about and then you're going to get to the reality of the situation and then it'll make sense i'll be right back with more sovereign tech Woo! hey baby i know i know you are tired of gmail you have had enough well i have a solution for you what i want you to do is you go to fastmail okay it's 
fastmail.sovereigntech.com. That's the URL you can use. You're going to get a discount with that. You are going to love this. This is email for email's sake. This company does nothing more. Just email and they do it right. All the latest security technologies you want to log into your account with your YubiKey, you can do that. Fastmail has your hookup. Very inexpensive plans. I want you to check it out. You go to fastmail.sovereigntech.com. That'll get you the hookup. And it's an honor to have them as a part of Sovereign Tech. Woo! Let's get back to the show. Hack sick. It is time for HackSec, where we talk issues of hacking and security. And of course, on this show, woo, hackers are heroes, baby. Uh, and, you know, I'll tell you. <laughs> You might not think about this platform in the first place, but this is probably, to me in my life, this is maybe my most important device. I love this thing. And so I want it to have the absolute latest in security. And uh, so if you want to, um, we're up to software version 11.9.0-42, Woo, meaning life, uh, or the answer to the question of life, the universe and everything, right? But uh, yeah, we're up to that version, and of course, we are talking about none other than the greatest device on the planet Earth today, that being the Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> no, really, folks, do update your Nintendo 3DS, or if you have the 2DS XL, if you have a device in the 3DS family, you're going to want to get this updated. It is actually an update, not that it does anything major, but it is designed to prevent certain exploits. So uh, you might want to do that, and you say, well, how does a Nintendo, how are there even exploits against that? You would be amazed. So anyway, go ahead, go ahead and get that update. Uh, another thing that's been updated, Telegram is now up to version 5.0. Uh, not, you know, that feels like a huge shift, like going up to version 5, which is amazing to consider. Uh, but there's not, there's like the new Instant View for web pages in Instant View 2.0 that keeps the web pages kind of sandboxed within the Telegram ecosystem. And this allows for better compatibility with certain things that websites might have. Like when you go to zog.email, which is my main website, um, there is JavaScript, of course, for the SoundCloud player that allows you to listen to episodes right on the page. Um, Instant View 2.0 would allow for, say, that to be compatible as to where 1.0 it would not have been. Um, so you do want to update Telegram as soon as you can. Of course, anytime there's an update with you know these more secure uh, messaging services like Telegram or Signal and so on, which those are the main two really that I only ever bother to recommend, even though Telegram's encryption, <laughs> right? We've talked about that many times. Uh, regardless, those are the ones that I recommend using at any given moment. So you want to keep them updated, up to date as much as possible. So version 5.0 is out. It did some little changes with your profile and everything, which I mean, all that's nice, but yeah, it's just to make it easier to navigate, I guess. But there it is. That's out there. Uh, Google, speaking of social media, you know, because I, I've always I've always told you, regardless of the, you know, as far as the, the encryption goes, OK, and the security of Telegram. You know, it, it just don't think of it as like, don't don't send messages that you're basing, you know, that, that are like life threatening or, or, you know, where your life is on the line about it. OK. But it is a great alternative to most social media out there, even though it doesn't have all the features that we want. It is a great alternative. And of course, there are a lot of interesting features like Telegram Passport and so on that are getting developed and, uh, you know, that, that we've talked about briefly in the past. Regardless, um, I do see it as the alternative. And well, you know, since Google Plus is shutting down, what are you going to do? <laughs> yes. Uh, Google Plus is now actually going to get shut down even sooner. Of course, there was that. Well, they talked about the exploit that happened with the, the API bug. 
that they found back in March of 2018 that they didn't tell anybody about until October, months later. Well, it turns out about a month ago, and they fixed it within the preceding week or the following week, but a month ago, there was another API bug that allowed anybody you know who knew about the bug, and of course, they said they didn't see where anybody had access to it. Uh, through this API bug, any information you put on Google+, was available for the person who was able to exploit the bug uh, to, to see it. And so now, originally, they were going to shut down Google Plus on August of 2019. Now they've bumped it up to April 2019. They just can't wait to kill this thing off. So, and, and hey, great. You know, like, the last thing we need is another fucking, uh, you know, social media platform. I mean, the fewer the better. Uh, in fact, we can get that right down to zero, and I'd feel better in life. So, and, you know, yeah, use Telegram. It's up to version 5.0. <laughs> Anyway, uh, something else that's kind of interesting and that I want to bring up briefly uh, during HackSec here in the last few minutes. Uh, So Japan, the government of Japan, is reportedly planning to boycott highway and ZTE equipment as far as for government use. Now, they're not banning it from like your everyday person in Japan to use it, but as far as within government use, and this is similar to a boycott that the U.S. has engaged in so on. In fact, highway, their CFO was arrested in Canada. She was visiting. She, yes, was visiting Canada and she got arrested. And apparently it's because highway broke like u.s sanctions as far as trading with iran which is pretty fucking ridiculous because you know again you're just talking about getting cheap devices to iranian people not the iranian government the iranian people the iranian people are very metropolitan are very i mean look you know the kids going around they look like skateboarder kids i mean what the i don't know whatever people don't travel the world and they don't actually see that everybody really is in many ways just like everybody else there's extremists all over the place there's fucking extremists in america you understand i don't mean muslim i mean like american patriotic extremists okay obviously uh they got a president in office these fucks so (laughs) but you get my point okay uh i think that this is ridiculous to to come out and say oh well we got to ban what highway and zte are putting out there and what you're gonna let some american company sell products to you in japan or in some other country like every i mean because the claim is is that highway and zte are flag waving chinese companies okay that they are somehow like an arm of the government newsflash at&t is an arm of the u.s government and yes they are they have a revolving door for the nsa and the cia and whoever the fuck else needs any of their data to walk right in okay every government does this to every other you know nation state and to every citizenry around the world to somehow say well we can't let china do this what you're gonna let the americans then i i I mean like everybody does this it's it's the pot calling the kettle black i mean literally you, you know and 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 to some degree you know if you're somebody that lives in a country other than china well, you know, at least the at least the Chinese local police aren't going to come and, you know, lock you up for breaking whatever stupid law happens to be out there. And there's plenty of stupid ones in America. But if you use an American company's shit, you know, yeah, I mean, that can happen. Like, it's almost a benefit <laughs> to use <laughs> to use something. That's like I, I think I've said this before, like with Opera, that's decentralizing your data, <laughs> right? If, if you, you're like, well, don't use Opera because it's run by a Chinese company and the Chinese government's collecting all that data. Well, better them than your own home country collecting all that data about you because the home country is the one that can use it against you. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm being kind of ridiculous, but this whole thing's ridiculous. 
I mean, could it be happening? Could Highway and ZTE be actually spying on people for the Chinese government? Sure. But then if that's a problem, why is it? Give You tell me the argument for why it's a problem that China is. And then I'm going to ask you, OK, so then let's be consistent about our principles here as far as why that's a problem for the Chinese government. That should also be a problem for the U.S. government who's doing the same goddamn thing. It should also be a problem for the Canadian government, for the Russian government. Pick your government. They're all doing it. So if it's wrong for them, it's wrong for everybody else, too. And last time I checked, for all you people that get all hot and bothered about the war on terror, you know, it, it doesn't like it's not because I think the argument would be that, well, you know, China, I mean, like they have a big military. This this data really could be used against us. It's a very genuine problem. But then you're also saying in the same breath, if you're the U.S. government that, well, but even like, you know, five people or even one person in Afghanistan is a problem. Like, which is it? You, you know, I mean, the numbers game, as I'm being told, doesn't matter anymore in our modern world as far as threats go and as far as dangers go. That's what we are told, okay, by the U.S. government itself. So just don't. <laughs> you know, if you're going to complain about one, you got to complain about them all. You, you might just, you know, hell, do it. <laughs> Do what the Russian government does. The Russian government, we talked about this like five years ago on Sovereign Tech. This is even before, I think, the Snowden revelations. The Russian government was switching back to using typewriters for government communications. Typewriters. They're going to mail. They're going to send memos. Typewritten. You know, I mean, no, not a word processor. Not even. They weren't going to do laptops. Like I say on this show. Yeah, dump your fucking smartphone. Screw that shit. I mean, it's just a block of sensors tracking you everywhere you go. doesn't matter what company makes it, whether it's Highway ZTE or Samsung or, you know, Scamsung, you call it. And I say, use your laptop more because at least that's not transmitting every little goddamn thing. And, and you have a lot more options with software that where maybe you could have a little more control with that VPNs, Tor and so on. Okay, I know you can run those on a, on a mobile device, too, but there's other challenges that come with that as far as on a mobile device, regardless. OK, you know, that's what I say. Now, in Russia, they're not even saying use the laptops. They're going even further than I ever tell you to do. They're just saying, oh, no, no, we're just going to go right back to typewriters that, hell, they might not even be electric. <laughs> or, I mean, they're all kind of electric, but you, you get my point. They don't connect to anything, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> do that. You know, if you're concerned about highway and ZTE, don't say, well, just don't use those smartphones. Just say, all right, we're, we're getting rid of smartphones all entirely. That's how you be consistent with that argument. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. This is all this is all like such this is like economic pinball. OK, that you as the average consumer, you know, just like you have no control over this and you have no say in this. And it means honestly nothing to you. So if you are concerned, oh, the Japanese government's not using highway ZT anymore. I better not use it either. No, <laughs> this has nothing to do with that because every company's doing this. Every company's engaging this in this. It's happening across the board. So use your shit. Okay. Try and lock it down as best you can, but don't, don't act like there's one nation state actor better than the other as far as, you know, any of this goes. So I just, I think it's horseshit. The, the, the whole thing, it's all, it, this is political marketing that's going on. Everything's marketing. Well, this is political marketing. Anyway, I'll be right back with some more Sovereign Tech. From Big Finish Productions, Blake 7, the classic audio adventures. I'm taking Liberator in on manual. We'll be in teleport range in two minutes. What the hell was that? Information. Liberator has been attacked. You don't say. Put up the force wall. Confirm. Message to all ground commanders. Initiate the final phase. Let's crush these rebels once and for all. My name is Avon. 
Kerr Avon. Kerr Avon. Our hostage arrives, which you may be unnecessary. As a hostage, it's nice to be superfluous. You can go to Blake7.com to find more of the new adventures of one of science fiction's greatest masterpieces. Blake7 at Blake7.com. This week in blockchain. It's time to talk some blockchains, baby. And I know not many people want to talk about blockchains. Why? Because it is a bloodbath out there. <laughs> people are sweating. If you knew, like, some of the inside scoops that I am not going to share with you uh, because I have integrity. And, you know, when somebody tells me don't tell anybody, I actually don't tell anybody. You don't get that often in the blockchain space, but you get it from me. Uh, but let me just say, shit's ugly. Okay, I mean, that's that's all I'm going to put out there, not even telling you remotely who I'm talking about, but it is an ugly situation out there. And some people are wondering and asking, you know, maybe a little bit bigger Bitcoin luminaries. I wouldn't begin to call myself a blockchain or Bitcoin luminary, even though I've spoken at many conferences, uh, you know, some big conferences at that. Um, but uh, particularly, so this is a story from Forbes that got sent in to me by a listener, and this has some quotes from CZ, who is the kind of the head, of, or not kind of, is the head of Binance, uh, somebody who does get asked a lot of questions about this. He was actually forwarding the question to his followers on Twitter, saying, okay, what do you think is going to cause the next Bitcoin or blockchain you know, bull run? Like, what's, what's going to make this, what's going to get us back to where we were at, say, the end? end of 2017, right? When we did, you know, went through 2017, Bitcoin did a thousand up to 20,000. Now, real quick, I'm going to say, yeah, we're in crypto winter right now, as everybody calls it, no doubt about that. But, you know, winter does, the snow does melt. Okay. It really does. And I still firmly stand by uh, my own prediction as well as Tim Draper had a similar prediction. We had a similar prediction a few years ago that we called independently. Um, I still completely stand by the fact that, yeah, we could be looking at quarter million dollars a coin by, by 2022 you know, for Bitcoin itself, uh, to say nothing of what the, everything that's going on in Bitcoin cash. Holy shit. Uh, but anyway, somebody had an interesting uh, comment as far as that goes. And the comment was that, well, here, let me read a little bit of the story from Forbes. Uh, it, it's talking about how, well, anyway, it's saying how we're in crypto winter, blah, blah, blah. But many Bitcoin, this is the story, but many Bitcoin and crypto faithful are eagerly, eagerly looking forward, uh, looking towards the next Bitcoin price bull run, which they remain confident will come eventually. Stanley breaking in. I completely agree. Now, the chief, now the chief executive of global, major global Bitcoin and cryptocurrency exchange Binance, CZ, has said he expects Jeff Bezos's online retail giant Amazon to be the catalyst for the next Bitcoin bull run. Uh, and well, here, let, let me let me read the quote, quote, easier to bring crypto to Bezos and uh, quote CZ tweeted in response to a tweet that was saying, you know, if we could get Bezos to like end up buying everything out, whatever. Uh, yes, yeah, is when, when you or they, they they told CZ, they said, hey, you buy all the bitcoins. Right. And then we'll get that bull run. And he said, oh, no, no. Like, you know, Bezos, uh, he's like, I, I can't. But Jeff Bezos could buy like every Bitcoin out there because Jeff Bezos is apparently the richest guy, uh, you know, on the planet, depending upon the day. Um, but it goes on to talk about how in this story, how they are really, you know, saying, you know, eventually, you know, Bezos is going to have to get on the cryptocurrency train and that Amazon is going to have to get on the cryptocurrency train and that that will be what allows for the next bull run is that once Amazon makes firmer moves to accept digital tokens, they think, uh, 
you know, they think that will bring in the confidence that is presently seeping out of the market. And that's the basic gist of the story. So I don't have to read the whole thing. It's a little lengthy. But this is a point I've had to bring up and debunk and talk about many times. Okay. Bezos might get into the digital token space. And in many ways, they already have. There's already an Amazon coin that is used for digital apps and so on. And that is run by Amazon. Okay. It's not a blockchain, even though blockchain is already a part of or deploying blockchain through AWS was something that was announced. I think that was earlier this year or maybe late 2017. So it's not like Amazon doesn't know blockchain is there. Amazon, Amazon's taking advantage of blockchain. And in fact, this is, this speaks to something that's been going on recently in tech journalism in general is that now there is a different conversation between are you talking about blockchain or are you talking about cryptocurrency if you are say marketing your company you need to differentiate between that i mean if you're if you're a cryptocurrency you are inherently using blockchain but if you are just a blockchain company you may not be using cryptocurrency Right. Like or you may not be implementing effectively a cryptocurrency. And this is a point that needs to be brought up that there's a differentiation there. Okay, when you're talking about cryptocurrency, yes, you are talking about blockchain. But when you're talking about blockchain and you're using that word specifically, you might not be talking about a cryptocurrency, which I think creates a lot of confusion for people. I mean, that's been the nature of this technology since it started and since we've been talking about it. And I've been in the space for come 2019. It will be pretty much a decade. Okay, is that, you know, most people can't wrap their heads around the terminology like is Bitcoin the cryptocurrency or is it the network? Well, it's both, Uh, you know, and people just can't grasp it. Okay, but anyway, I, I think that that getting getting down to brass tacks with these terms, like being really, really particular with these terms is an important thing to do. Now, let's be really clear on this. And I've I've said this and there have been predictions over the years. We've covered them. And every time I come out and say, guess what? Once again, they were wrong and I get proven right pretty much every time. I am open to ever being wrong, but I'm just saying that I get proven right every time. Amazon will not accept Bitcoin. Amazon will not accept Bitcoin. They might create their own little, uh, like more traditional, shall we say, cryptocurrency beyond something like Amazon coin, which is totally digital and just done on servers. Okay. They might end up doing something where, you know, but it'll be an Amazon created and branded product. It will not be Bitcoin. Now, will that will, if Amazon comes out with its own cryptocurrency, real cryptocurrency based on blockchain, If they do that, will that bring up confidence within the cryptocurrency space in general? Sure, it will. I don't think that's unfair to say. But to somehow claim that Bezos, he's the richest man in the world. Why would he need to get into Bitcoin? What, because the people that are into Bitcoin are going to end up besting him at some point? Fuck no. I mean, where was where were most people spending when when Bitcoin was getting spent? Where were they initially spending it? They were getting I don't even know what the numbers are, but I, the numbers had to be through the roof that for like eGifter and Gift, GYFT and so on. How many people were buying Amazon gift cards with Bitcoin? I mean, that they they were doing tremendous business with that. And I know I was at the conferences for years where those two companies specifically, eGifter and Gift, were at every single one because they knew the money that would flow in because of that. So, I mean, people are going to spend their Bitcoin on Amazon. And that's just going to make Bezos richer. <laughs> you get my point? He doesn't need when you're the richest man in the world, you don't need shit. <laughs> All right. He's not going to get into Bitcoin. He's not going to get into it. I mean, not not like an investment position necessarily. He's not going to get into Ethereum. He's not going to get into whatever the hell you're talking about. Labs126 at, at, at Amazon, they might come up with their own cryptocurrency. I'm totally open to that. And yes, that will help the, the broader perspe- uh, you know, the broader cryptocurrency space and blockchain space. But 
don't think that they're going to jump on Bitcoin. We'll be right back with more. Hey, I know what you're thinking. Wow, this is a great fucking show. And you know what? I agree with you. And I'm not just saying it because I'm the host, Woo! but I am the podcast champion, baby. And let me tell you, if you want to help out the podcast champion, you want to help out the golden stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, and you want to make Sovereign Tech an even bigger show, here's how you do it. And don't worry, it's not for free and you get something out of it. You go to Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash Sovereign Tech, S-O-V-R-Y-N Tech, patreon.com slash Sovereign Tech, become a Sovereign Tech patron and you will get access to literally thousands of hours of bonus content. There's new content every week. You get to be in the live Q&A hangouts that we do every month. You get to access to the Wednesday Q&A. We do one every single week and it goes a good hour strong, if not longer, if needed, depending on how many questions there are. That's only for patrons. And all you got to do is at least a dollar a month. Some do significantly more and I'm honored by that, but become a patron, support the show, help it grow. Patreon.com slash Sovereign Tech. And I thank you to all the patrons already out there and all the ones to come patreon.com slash sovereign tech whoo let's get back to the show this week's online review it is time for this week's online review that uh, so many people have been enjoying where i find the best online reviews the best products on the internet the best products on the web Okay, and I give you the review that will hopefully convince you or maybe honestly, maybe it's not the best product. Maybe it's a product you should stay away from. And this week's product comes with a warning in a review that uh, that I think we really need to read. And of course, but if you really do want it, even after you hear the review, you're still dying for it or because after the review, you're just like, wow, that that thing is amazing. I got to get it. Link is in the show notes. Okay, and you can get your hands on it. And this is for the Haribo sugar-free gummy bears. Five-pound bag. Five pounds of gummy bears. Sugar-free. Let's read what it is. This is, holy shit, this is a one-star review. A one-star. So this comes with a warning. Let's see what they have to say. So, I mean, we all know what gummy bears are, right? The candy, five-pound bag, that's a lot of gummy bears. Here's the title of it. Just don't, unless it's a gift for someone you hate. Reviewer is Christine, Christine E. Torek. Here we go. Verified purchase at that. Verified purchase. So they did buy these. Oh, man. Words cannot express what happened to me after eating these, these gummy, sugar-free gummy bears. The gummy bear cleanse. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. The gummy bear cleanse. Sounds serious. If you are someone that can tolerate the, sh- the sugar substitute, enjoy. If you are like the dozens of people that tried my order, Run. First of all, for taste, I would rate these a five. So good. Soft, true to taste, fruit flavors like the sugar variety. I was a happy camper. But, or should I say but with two T's. Not long after eating about 20 of these, all hell broke loose. I had a gastrointestinal experience like nothing I've ever imagined. Cramps, sweating, bloating beyond my worst nightmare. I've had food poisoning from some bad shellfish, and that was almost like a skip in the park compared to what was going on inside me. So she's talking about standing breaking, and she's talking about the sugar substitute that was used. Uh, might have been maltitol or something, like, or whatever, something like that. Then came, reading on, then came the uh, flatulence. Heavens to Murgatroyd. The sounds like trumpets calling the demons back to hell. The stench, like a thousand rotten corpses, vomited. I couldn't stand to stay in one room for fear of succumbing to my own odors. But wait, there's more. 
What came out of me felt like someone tried to funnel Niagara Falls through a coffee straw. I swear my sphincters were screaming. It felt like my delicate starfish was... <laughs> I'm sorry, this is terrible. Don't buy these. But let, let's read on. I just want to make sure you know not to get them. As much as we all love gummy bears, right? <laughs> it felt like my delicate... <laughs> It felt like my delicate starfish was a gaping maw, projectile vomiting a torrential flood of toxic waste. 100% liquid. Flammable liquid. Napalm. It was actually a bit humorous for a nanosecond, as it was just beyond anything I could imagine possible. And it went on for hours. I felt violated when it was over, which I think might have been sometime in the early morning of the next day. There was stuff coming out of me that I ate at my wedding in 2005. I have... I had five pounds of these innocent-looking, delicious-tasting hellbears, so I told a friend about what happened to me, thinking it had to be some type of sensitivity I had to the sugar substitute, and in spite of my warnings and graphic descriptions, she decided to take her chances and take them off of my hands. Silly woman, all the same for her, and a phone call from her while on the toilet because you kind of you kind of end up living in the bathroom for a spell, telling me she really wished she would have listened. I think she was crying. Her sister was skeptical and suspected that we were exaggerating. She took them to work. The sister now, Stallion is breaking in. The sister, since there was still ninety nine percent of a five pound bag left, she works for a construction company. <laughs> Where there are builders, roofers, house painters, landscapers, etc. Lots of people who generally have limited access to toilets on a given day. I can't imagine where all those poor men and women pooped that day. I keep envisioning men on roofs crossing their legs and trying to decide if they can make it down the ladder or if they should just jump. <laughs> if you order these best of luck to you and please don't post a video review doing during the aftershocks p.s when i ordered these the warnings and disclaimers and legalese were not posted i'm not a moron also not sure why so many people assume i'm a man i am a woman we poop too of course our poop sparkles and smells like a walk in the meadows of wildflowers thanks for all the great comments I've been enjoying reading them and so glad that the horror show I experienced from snacking on these has at least made some people smile. You know, what a Christine, what a sweetheart. I mean, she, you know, she, she turned a frown upside down with that. So anyway, you can take her warning. You can look into it. Maybe you think you're not sensitive to the sugar substitute. Um, you know, maybe you'll have better luck than the construction workers trying to get down the ladder. Link is in the show notes, folks. I'll be right back with some more Sovereign Tech. <laughs> Gummy bears standing here and there and everywhere. Time now for 90 Seconds on Sex with Dr. Paul. For years, people have assumed that the more a guy has to drink at any given time, the more trouble he's going to have getting an erection. Well, that's what the research showed in the 1970s. However, recent studies have cast doubt on those earlier findings. We now know that at a blood alcohol level of 0.1, which is significantly beyond the legal limit for intoxication, there are no major negative alcohol-related effects on a penis, except for the guy having to whip it out more often to relieve himself. 
It's likely that a lot of males will get far more wasted after a night of beer pong than that 0.1 blood alcohol level that they allow in research studies. So it's still a safe bet to assume that alcohol will have a negative effect on the erection of a man who is seriously drunk. Another factor to consider is the timing of when a man has sex. Now, if he's recently been drinking and his blood alcohol level is still rising, there might be less of an effect on his erection than an hour or more after he stopped drinking and his blood level is dropping or declining. The body seems to experience more fatigue and depression as blood alcohol level is declining. So that's when drinking moderate levels of alcohol might have the most negative effect on an erection. For more, visit 90secondsonsex.com. The Climax Ah, it is time for the Climax, which is the part of the show that's been a part of the show since the beginning where I get to talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Okay, I control this part of the show. Actually, I control the whole show in a very real way, Um, unless you're a patron, because then I give you a lot. You know, my patrons are my executive producers, Um, but I can talk about whatever I want to hear a novel, TV show, comic book or something. I mean, if you're new to the show, this is where I get to get geeky or where I get to talk about a topic, sometimes get philosophical. Originally, I planned on. Uh, during this segment talking about somebody sent in a very interesting article about Satanism that I was going to discuss. We're going to get into it. Uh, longtime listeners know why maybe <laughs> I would talk about such a thing. Um, of course, I'm an atheist. Relax. But anyway, you know, I'm going to save that for next week because it's kind of a longer article, but I really do want to give it the attention and time that it deserves. And, and I think it's, it's, it's actually a very interesting one from Lifehacker, of all things. So anyway, I'll save that for next week's episode. Uh, but, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about since this is the first one hour episode of Sovereign Tech, I kind of just want to take a couple minutes to get into, you know, where Sovereign Tech is at right now and where we are going forward. And, you know, maybe if you want more Sovereign Tech, if you're like, holy shit, I've been listening for years. Where am I to? hours i want my two hours okay i you know you i know you've already heard an ad okay for for the patreon for patreon where there's literally and i'm not kidding thousands of hours of content and not just audio all kinds of content for you to get access to even the other patrons on the community tab on patreon share really really great shit i mean they really do like there's awesome stuff there. great place to find news and everything it's just a great place to hang out and share stuff if you want um but, I, you know, I want to talk about that and, and just say, OK, so for right now, we are getting a feel. I am getting a feel for how the one hour version of the show is going to take. All right. You know, and how, how that's going to go going forward. So we might shift things up a bit week by week of what that's going to look like, you know, and see how well I can compress and condense everything down to where it's one hour, because the one hour show, I think, is something that's going to be a little more palatable to. I, I talked about this a little bit of the beginning of the episode last week, where I think the one hour show will be a little more palatable for for new listeners to to jump on board okay and it'll kind of force me to condense things down and really focus in on more specific stories so i'm always open to your feedback on how you feel about the one hour show you can use there's the contact form you can go to contact.zog.ninja uh, to do that you can email me at bbs at sovereign if you want to do so as far as that 
course, the best thing, if you really are missing some Sovereign Tech, you can become a Sovereign Tech patron. And you just go to SovereignTech.com, S-O-V-R-Y-N-Tech.com to do that. And you can do anywhere. There's different reward tiers, and you get extra stuff when you go higher. So there's the $1, which is the minimum, okay? Uh, And with the $1, you know, you get access to you get the relationship rhombus show you get um you get the wednesday q a where you can ask me the questions and i'll spend an hour talking about questions i mean it, it goes for a good long while so if you want more that's a great way to get that you get the live hangout q a which we just did uh, the, uh, the the december one the other day you get one of those a month at some point i might consider doing two a month if we get enough patrons to really warrant that okay i mean we're get, i have a lot of patrons like i'm very pleased with the amount of patrons i or you know i'd love to have more we can you can always have more but i'm not complaining about the amount that I have, um, you know, there, there's that. And if you go to the $5 reward tier, you actually get whole other podcast series. You get game talk. Uh, you also get, even though we might have some interesting ideas for game talk going forward, but you have game talk where I talk video games for a good 30 minutes or so. Uh, then there's the user podcast, which in a lot of ways is my, is kind of my cosmos. Okay, it's my my little rendition of cosmos of and we get into philosophy, science, tech, all of it comes together. Uh, but it's like one topic at a time. And I really, really deep dive and people have very much enjoyed uh, the past two. The first one is about the beginning of the universe. The second one is about the sun. You may say, well, aren't those boring subjects? Oh, no, 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 no. Wait till you hear a user podcast. These are far from boring subjects and they have everything to do with you and your life even going forward. Um, so. Anyway, you know, I mean, all of this stuff is available to you on on Patreon. Uh, again, the, especially the user podcast just gotten rave reviews from the patrons um, that have listened to that. They absolutely fucking love it and they can't wait for more. They're very heavily produced episodes. They take me a while to put together. Um, and so, you know, but if you want to jump on that, you can. So bottom line being, yes, you're losing an hour. Uh, we're going to try this out for a while. If it gets to the point like I could have very easily this week gone, you know, I really could have done the two hours. You know, no problem. And there's plenty of news to do that. It's not like there's a lack of news. Okay. Uh, but if you really want more of me, if you want more of the Golden Stallion, and hey, I don't blame you. <laughs> no, are you kidding? I can't listen to myself for two hours a week. I don't know how you do. No. <laughs> but if you do want more of me, you can just become a patron, you know, and, and you can get access to all. I mean, I come out with almost daily content. Um, there's audiobooks available on the Patreon that I only do for for patrons. Um, like right now, we're going through uh, William Moulton Marston's Emotion of Nor- Emotions of Normal People. Uh, but there's other audiobooks that have come out. Some classic anarchist work. This is, of course, The Golden Stallion is an anarchist of anarchists, I dare say. And, uh, you know, just lots. There, there's so much content that comes out on that. I do also do Sovereign Insights where I do, I write up, you know, entire posts. I I don't even want to call them blog posts. I mean, I like to think of them almost as essays, okay, where uh, treatises even, where I am breaking down uh, a certain topic. Often it's historical or, you know, archaeological, because a lot of people like it when I talk about history and so on, which uh, we will do more of on the Sovereign Tech Prime episode like you're listening to now, even though we've broken down to an hour. Maybe some weeks we'll switch it up to where I have a specific segment where I can talk more about historical stuff. And that has a lot to do with tech because tech is a part of everybody's lives and it really always has been it's just now it's obvious when everybody has a smartphone in their pocket right uh so anyway i just want to implore you that's what's going on we'll try out this one hour format for a while um if you have complaints or anything like that you get in touch with me you give me the feedback all right i care about all of my listeners and i want to know what's going on for you so that's that's the score if you want more sovereign tech please hit up the patreon believe me there is plenty more 
for you to get access to. Or if you like the one-hour format and you're pleased with it, let me know that too. I really want to hear about it. So that's all I want to end off with is just to implore you, go ahead and communicate with me and let me know what you think. And, uh, and just letting you know that this is a bit of an experiment. It's good to shake things up. So, all right, that's it for this week. Another one-hour, of course, show coming next week. I will see all of you woo, on the other side. All the hotness, baby. Woo. You just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com, that's S-O-V-R-Y-N-Tech.com, and connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the Evolution. Evolution.